Along those lines for women in their in their 40s, we talked about that kind of gathering of the fat in the belly area. And again, you're not being gaslit. That is happening. However, please do not respond to it in the way of just like an endless spot training of your stomach. Like I'm going to do 900 crunches because I never had a, a ton of belly fat before. And now I do. So it must mean that I need more core work. That isn't it. It's gathering in your belly because that is what the drop in estrogen is telling it to do. However, combating any body fat is always going to be done best by building muscle and sitting there isolating your abs is not the biggest bang for your buck when it comes to building and maintaining muscle. Compound movements are. So not, not 900 crunches. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Kelsey. Hi, Kelsey. Cranky Kelsey, we're going to call you Cranky Kelsey. (laughs) I am Cranky Kelsey today. (laughs) Or is it just me? Am I vexing your demons or are you cranky with everyone? I have to know. I think I'm just cranky. I don't think maybe it's you. You're you vex my demons. I don't think it's you. I think sometimes I'm just cranky. Do you know, actually guys, let's talk about this for a second. Do you ever just like find yourself being cranky and then you get annoyed with yourself because you're cranky and you're like, Oh, I wish I didn't have to hang out with this girl. (laughs) I wish I could get out of this room, but like she keeps following you. Because she is you. Yeah. Plot I, that twist. Happened. That happens to me. I'm like, oh, this, I'm so annoyed. I wish I could like not hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I've said to you on a number of occasions in your life, I take, I take it on however I can get it. I take cranky Kelsey. I take happy Kelsey. I take in between Kelsey. So thanks for showing up. I'm just here to show up. The thing is when you're like a little bit cranky, it's just like the smaller inconveniences feel just like, and then you're like, okay, this really is not, this is not need the magnitude of the inconvenience that you're giving it. But you just, it just becomes so much bigger. That's what I feel. But then do you get annoyed with yourself because you're like, oh my God, shut up. First world problems, like whatever. And then you get annoyed with yourself because you're like, what? I can't even be mad about anything. (laughs) Oh, is this just my schizophrenia? (laughs) No, it's so many people. There's so many people. Some of them are like, we have to be happy. And then some of them are like, no, we want to be mad about this minor inconvenience. And then some of them are like, well, you can't. And then some of them are like, you can't tell me what to do. 
<laughs> and some of them are just a 16 year old teenager. There's like, you can't tell me what to do. Can't tell me how to feel my feels. I'm going to feel them how I want to feel them. No, that's what I say. If you want to get mad at minor inconveniences, then feel your damn feels. That's fine. It's just uh, good to just center yourself, get back in the moment. Remember the room you're in, smell the smells, look around. That's like my, my mindfulness I'm working on right now. Oh, are we doing lift or drop? Oh, yeah. yeah let's do <laughs> I'm a just lift on one. All right. My lift. Well, can I have two? I have been making my bed every day. Lift make my bed. Now I didn't want to present this until I did it consistently because it was like the water thing. It was like, well, if I'm going to be hydrated for three days and then I'm going to say like, Oh yeah, look at me lifting it. Like no bitch, you owe some consistency before you can say you're doing a thing. So, Hey everyone, look, Joe, <laughs> Jill said she's very, invested in my water journey. Here's my water. It's still here with me and I'm still hydrated, one hydrated bitch. And now I'm adding, I'm making my bed every day. I used to just leave it a hot mess and just call it like, Oh, I'm so busy. But actually making your bed, uh, takes, I think it takes me two minutes and 30 seconds <laughs> and I make it nice. I karate I chop the pillows. Oh, wow. Like, it's like, like, I'm not like, like haphazardly throwing shit and being like, Oh, look how little time that took. And it looks like a trash can. I mean, I'm tucking in the sheets. I'm karate chopping the pillows. It looks like Martha fucking Stewart in there. And it takes me two minutes and 30 seconds. And I can't even tell you when I walk by that bed, how much I think I have my life together. It's like a game. I'm like, look at me go. What can't I do? I've made my bed. I will buy karate chop pillows. And I say to myself, there are no limits for me. (laughs) That's what I'm lifting. And I'll, you know what? I'll use my other one for next week, but, um, that's my lift. I I don't really have anything to drop. No, nothing to drop. You know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to drop my expectations that every single time I come back from the hairdresser, she won't make me look like a mushroom. Oh, you, I thought you looked so great. Well, I don't think I saw you directly after. No, I did. You don't look like mm, a mushroom. Not today. I've already fixed it. Fixed it's it. just, they, Why don't you just they tell like, her to straighten the ends instead of the girl. I know, but they like to do the blowout. It's like a, it's, it's like a whole experience that people think that you want the blowout. They got to get the round brush. They got to twirl and twirl and twirl so much twirling. And here's the thing that works really great for people with long hair. They come out looking like the main, their mane is just, it's all the curled in all the right places. It's so luxurious and flowing. And I look like, (laughs) Awesome. <laughs> yeah, like a literal, like happy little mushroom, like that, like bobs along. It's and I don't, yeah. So I'm um, dropping that expectation. I just got my hair done and I left looking like that. And I was like, you know what? You just need to stop expecting anything different. Love my hairstylist, though. Thank you, Katie. You did a wonderful job. You know what I think, though. I I don't know if it's just us and maybe other people leave the hairdresser feeling like they're ready for the runway. But I also am one of those that, like, you know, the whole process gets done, and I'm like, I'm gonna go home and fix this, or I'm gonna fix it in the car because it's got a lot of volume. 
It's more like a southern volume, <laughs> and I'm more like a northern gal. <laughs> it's a little prom. It's a little prom twenty twenty one. Yeah, like there's a lot yeah. of whispering, and I know like there's a, there's like excitement about like you know how it's gonna look, and I'm just like, well, let me just just pull it <laughs> down. But I don't know if everyone feels this way or I'm just like, maybe both of us are just like pretty particular. Cause I know it looks good. It's just like little small things where I'm like, well, we got to just flatten that out a little bit because that's real Southern. I think it's all about the outfit too, because you know, you're going to sit for two hours. Like I'm not wearing jeans. I'm not wearing anything that's like super cute. I'm certainly not wearing like any kind of shoes or something. Right. So then yeah, you, you get out and you have for sure. Right. <laughs> but, then, but, but I think that's the disconnect because the you have you're like red carpet. <laughs> right. That's why I don't think it looks good. Cause it's like Southern Belle meets like homeless trash can. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it just doesn't read. It's true. It's true. It's all over the place. All right. For my lift this week, I am lifting walks, phoneless walks, actually, uh, in particular. That's what I'm lifting because I the weather has turned really nice here in New England. And I, it's one of those things. I freaking love my walks. I don't realize it's, I don't realize how much I enjoy them until I'm away from them for a bit. Because when I was in Florida all winter, I walked every night, like miles. And it's good, like decompressing time for me. Like sometimes I'll like make a phone call or sometimes I'll just like be chilling with Harley and telling her about my day. That is something I do out loud. I talk out loud to my dog as if she is invested in my problems. <laughs> I think she is. And honestly, there's a lot of signs that proves like it's really good to speak to your dogs. They, their like heart rate goes up. They really like it. So anyway, I'm lifting that now that the weather has turned and I don't feel so miserable when I go outside and I am dropping, <laughs> I'm dropping being annoyed with how I feel. <laughs> Look at it's, that. We've come full attempt. circle. It only took you nine minutes of this podcast to just, well, not you know, be, it's, just say it's I'm cranky. Yeah, it's, that's okay. It's okay to be cranky. Well, I'm a real, um, I like to like just put like a bunch of padding around like my bomb of a self. So if I feel like I'm not in the best mood, I will not interact with any people. Like I will just like retreat <laughs> to like no interact so that no one's feelings are hurt by me just not feeling upbeat and happy and awesome. Like, I'll just be like, oh, I'll just speak to no one. <laughs> no one's feelings are hurt. But sometimes that's not always helpful for filling my own cup. You being cranky does not hurt my feelings. Well, you're probably, there's probably like three people who fall in that. Maybe two. <laughs> and I one don't of know. I, <laughs> that's not a person. I feel like everyone <laughs> needs to fall into that. Like, why, like, excuse you. What, what makes you think it has anything to do with you? First of all, yeah, freaking self-centered nightmare. <laughs> okay. If someone else is in a bad mood, rarely does that have to do with you. I mean, you can check in. I said to you at the beginning of the podcast, is it me? Am I vaccinating <laughs> you? And you said, no, I'm just cranky. And then you said it might be me. <laughs> <You did. laughs> yeah, but that was just a joke. 
I'm just treading lightly. That's what I'm doing. I'm treading lightly and I'm accepting the fact that probably it doesn't have anything to do with me. And like, um, I'm certainly not going to be offended or like sad about it. I mean, good Lord, like give people some room, right? You guys. Oh, I'm so excited. All right. We've been wanting to do this episode for so long because we get like so many questions about it. And I think that why it hasn't been on the forefront or why we, well, we've done it in a couple of different ways, but we've always done it with experts. And I think that that is something that, you know, we felt like, okay, we haven't experienced this firsthand. So we wanted to give it to an expert to explain. And I think the experts have done an exceptional job explaining the ideas behind menopause, behind training, behind what happens to your body, behind nutrition. All of the episodes that we've done on this are really, really thought provoking and they have excellent information. If you are interested in this topic, I would highly recommend that you listen to a lot of experts on it. However, I also think in the same breath, sometimes an issue can be so complex that listening to an expert talk about it is sometimes confusing or there's just so much information that you leave kind of feeling like, well, now I have more research to do, but like, I ain't nobody got time for that. So I saw a really effective way to break down like what is happening when it comes to menopause and exercise and body composition and nutrition. And it's really so, so simplified that I we had to share it with you guys because I think that this is the answer that we've all been sort of wondering about. And it's in a really simple terms. Well, the thing that I love about talking about hormones in general and talking about menopause and aging and when it comes to nutrition and body composition, muscle mass, all of these things, it's like, it really has started from a place of where you have not entered the menopausal phase. And like there, we're going to talk about like all aspects of like where you are in your journey. So if you're thinking about this and you're like, I'm in my twenties or my thirties, like this might not be relevant to you. Like hold the phone. This is absolutely so relevant to you. And what really fires me up about this topic is that there is a lot of women who have been through the phase of cardio Queens and calorie restrictions and blah, blah, blah. Like we are not going to build muscle. And that has been a really strong part of the health and fitness industry for years. Right? So that same group of women who are now in the perimetopausal or the menopausal stage of life are having a really hard time with maintain or uh, excess body fat, or even trying to maintain their current body composition or, um, you know, trying to actually do the same things that worked for them when they were younger and realizing that that is not effective anymore with the body that they're in today. And there's a reason for that. And I want to really like talk about the reason for that in a way that is helpful for those who are in that, that stage beforehand and is helpful for you right now, because the the game's not over. It's never over. If it's over, you're not listening to the podcast. So let's meet you where you're at right now and recognize that years of dieting, years of not strength training, years of being in a caloric deficit have now put you in a place where your body has difficulty maintaining muscle, 
having healthy metabolism, struggling with bone density, all of the things that are actually designed for health markers, and none of them are what you weigh on the scale, which is what you were told to concentrate on when it came to your health years ago. That's why this episode is for 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds. It's literally for everyone because the preventative work that you can do to make the transition to aging easier and less jarring on your body is so important. And if it is at a stage where you miss that boat because you were given horrendous information, we can still meet you where you're at and work on it starting today. So that's why this episode is really for everyone. And I'm really glad that you said that because um, a lot of the times when we've talked about perimenopause, menopause, I have kind of felt like, well, geez, that's a, a, that's great information that I can like take in, you know, to the future, but it doesn't apply to me right now, but it so does. And that's the biggest lie we've ever been told is that those kinds of things don't, those kind of hormone changes don't apply to you right now. If you're not experiencing them, the biggest, biggest bold face lie we could have heard. You know what I like to equate this to that I had recently thought about too, was like, we start to get to a place where we start taking care of our skin. We're like, oh, like I really have to take care of my skin. I like have wrinkles or like, I need to put sunscreen on. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. When like the work to actually maintain like the electricity in in your skin and like not get sunburns and stuff, that shit was done like a while ago. So (laughs) that work was done a while ago. Like when you didn't put on sunscreen and you got that horrible burn when you were 17, like, yeah, that like ends up catching up to you and you're like damn it why did I do that but the thing is is like this process it's for everything and it's always going to build on from the previous round and we need to stop sectioning it off like well this doesn't apply to me because I'm in this stage like no no wait 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 (laughs) it absolutely does can I take this as my time to send a formal apology to my mother mom (laughs) I am so sorry when you told me to not use like harsh toners on my face and like rip my skin like off trying to wash all the oils off of it. Can I tell you every time you told me not to use a tanning bed, I'm sorry. I'm basically, I'm just sorry, mom. I'm sorry that I didn't (laughs) listen to you. Because you were right and I was wrong. And there I've said it. Everybody just call your mother and apologize because you know, you know, she warned you, you know, she did. And you just went on not listening like a big dummy. Okay. So hormones, hormones are hot. Hormones are having a moment when it comes to perimetopause and menopause, like hormones are it. That's what we're talking about. And what is happening is obviously we know that perimetopause and menopause, you're going to see a massive drop and change in your hormone levels. A drop in estrogen is like the the cursor of, of menopause and women are having that change and they're seeing it in their body. They're also experiencing many physical symptoms, right? The common ones that we all know. But I think the number one thing that's really surprising women is that when it comes to their body composition, they're not changing 
anything. They're not changing the way they eat. They're not exercising more or less. They're, nothing is the controls are all the same, but the body composition is changing anyways. And I think there's a huge gaslighting situation when that starts to happen because people say, well, wait a minute, why am I gaining all this fat? I, I'm not eating anymore. And people are going, are you sure? Are you counting your calories? Are you counting every bite? Did you count that ketchup that you had? <laughs> like it's a huge gaslighting situation. And people are saying like, oh, well, I'm, I'm really working out just exactly the same. And like all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of fat on my belly when there wasn't before. People are like, well, that's, you haven't gotten to the new ab circuit and till you do it's you're working out wrong. And it, none of that is true. You are not crazy. If you say I've changed nothing, but my body is not looking like it did. And it, these, it can be drastic too. It's not in your head. It's not, you're not crazy. So like, that's good news. Yeah. I love to not feel gaslit and to feel like we, that things are normal and completely expected in some phases of life. And it just keeps going back to the same thing for me when it, when you have a singular answer to like, just like being more of a caloric deficit, like more and more and more until uh, eternity, until you die. Like what, what, what's the end goal there? And the thing that I think is so problematic with that, I'm just going to say it. (laughs) What I think is so problematic with that statement of continuing to lower your calories and not even focusing on the foods that you're eating is that when you go to different phases of life, you continue to go back to the same message. And that message is extremely harmful for women who need more of things like protein worked into their diet to be able to maintain leaner muscle, to be able to maintain a lower body fat percentage, you need more protein. And you're stuck in a mindset of, I need less of everything to lower my body fat. And it couldn't be more opposite. Yo, sister, sister girl, like a whole bunch of people just fell on the floor. Like they were like, wait a minute, holy moly. No, I think when it comes to the true education on what is happening when you enter perimenopause and that phase, first of all, that is, um, this is something I learned. Perimenopause is when the changes begin to happen. That's usually like in your 40s or 50s. It's kind of different for everyone, but that can last four to 10 years. Menopause is the term for the exact day and time, like down to the seconds that your body stops changing. That's when you've hit menopause, which I thought it, I didn't understand those terms. I thought like, menopause meant like you were going through it, but it's not it. That's actually the end point. So that was an interesting thing to me. And so when we are like in the thick of it, we're calling it perimenopause. Like that's, I'm going to start, you know, working on my, my terms here because I want to call it the right thing. Basically what happens in your early forties, fifties, for four to 10 years, depending on you as a person, is that your estrogen just drops. And where body composition is concerned, this is going to lead to a decrease in muscle mass. 
The reason for this is the lack of estrogen in your body affects your muscle's ability to synthesize proteins. So on a cellular level, it's basically more difficult to build muscle, to maintain new muscle growth, and to maintain the current muscles that you have. Now, if you think of muscles as kind of like the garbage disposal of calories, so like calories go in, right? You're going to use some of them for immediate energy and your muscle, your however much muscle mass you have is going to take up the extras, right? Basically, that gives you sort of a cushion for calories because the more muscle mass you have, the more extra calories they're going to demand. Therefore, the more you can eat without that going towards unused calories and being stored in the term, in terms of fat. So it's so important to have muscle mass. A drop in estrogen does not help this case. So you're not only going to start losing muscle mass, but also if you have less estrogen flowing around in your body, your body tells you to redistribute your fat to your visceral area, which is basically where all of your major organs are. It's a protective measure. <laughs> it, it's your body telling you that you're getting older and we need to protect the organs in case anybody comes to poke them. So again, you aren't crazy. If you've never had trouble with really belly fat before, but then you enter perimenopause and, all of, and you're doing everything the same, and then all of a sudden you're carrying a lot more fat on your belly, that is 100% normal. That is what a drop in estrogen does. So in review, we are losing muscle and redistributing fat to a historically undesirable area. And that is why so many women are looking at their perimetopausal body and being a little bit shocked and unhappy when they haven't changed anything. Yeah. And I think this is particularly damaging for those, like I, like I said before, but when you have focused for so long on getting a toned muscle and you're thinking about these things as like your muscles are the garbage disposal of your energy coming in, which is basically your caloric intake. So when you have focused so long on maintaining that lean or that toned muscle, and then you enter a stage where you have a lower ability to maintain muscle at all, and you're still doing the things like trying to maintain like a lean muscle or like just that, uh, toned look, your body's like, well, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to maintain any muscle at all anyway. <laughs> so you, do you need to work harder to maintain muscle? Yeah, absolutely. But what I want to point out here is that you can set yourself up for not having that large drop off. If you are someone who is listening to this episode and you have not hit perimenopause, or you have not hit the menopausal stage yet, and you are able to, or looking to maintain as much muscle as possible during those times, you have the higher ability to then maintain muscle once you get into the perimenopausal and the menopausal stage of life. You have more of an ability, you have more bandwidth right? Because you're coming into it with having a good base for what you have built for muscles and what your intake is. And then you're, even if, when you have a drop in estrogen, that you're able to maintain some of it and make adjustments. Because if you've been able to maintain it thus far as well, you probably have a good idea of what your nutrients are, what your protein intake should be. And then you need to up it 
Why? <laughs> because when it comes to maintaining muscle, when you enter in the perimenopausal or menopausal stage of life, you're going to need more, right? And you need more of what the building blocks for what is creating that muscle. So it's just like, it, I can't, I, I can't feel enough for the women who have been fed poor information. Then when they get to this stage where they're like, okay, but now I have, I'm gaining more body fat than I would like to, and I'm doing the same things and it's just not working now. And then they're being gaslit into thinking that they just need to do the same things that they've always done, which, which without any other knowledge would make sense. Right. It says like, it's like, we'll just do the thing that you have done because it, you know, kind of worked. Right. But like, did it actually work? Because in reality, if the goal has been to maintain a smaller body size, that has never been the goal of health. And when you start to think about what you would like from your life at a later stage, it might change a little bit because you might realize, and I hope everyone realizes that a little bit earlier, is that a smaller body is not a capable body. <laughs> it is not a body that is desired to live independently or carry a lot of the, to increase your bone density and to live a life that you are independent. And ultimately that becomes more of the goal and it actually changes to health, but it changes to health with the base markers that don't support health because smaller is not healthier. Yeah. And when we think about the worst thing we could have been, in our, in our 20s and 30s, the worst thing that you could not become was bulky, right? That was what we were yeah. all working bulky. against. That's what I wanted to. <laughs> you, yeah, so you can, you can lift a little bit, but don't get too bulky. Don't and get too much it. muscle mass. As people start to like enter their finisher, they say like, well, I'd like to lift weights. I like to dabble over there, but I don't want to get too bulky. And it's like, can we please take that statement off the table? Because any type of bulk that you're getting that is going to provide a healthy body for you, that is going to allow you to live independently, like that bulk is the one we want. Because if you're not talking about, we're not talking about health. If you don't go in with bulk, if you don't go in with bulky muscles into the perimenopause stage, you are going to struggle so much more than someone who went in with a significant amount of muscle mass. Okay. This is not an aesthetic thing. We're not talking about a person that is larger or smaller. What we're talking about is how much muscle mass, lean muscle mass that you are carrying in your body. If you go into the race with less than the other person next to you and you both are losing at the same rate, guess who's going to lose the fastest? Okay. We cannot go into this stage of life the way we've been going in with our, you know, I did two pound weights for 900 reps because I was looking to tone up. And now I, I can't even recognize my perimenopausal body because it, it doesn't look anything like it did even five years ago. We are in so much trouble because we don't have enough muscle going into these times. And we've been told to not have muscle, that it's not feminine, that if you touch big weights, you're going to get bulky, that you have to restrict your calories, which of course we know does not allow you to increase your muscle. If you're constantly in a deficit, you can't build a muscle 
So we've been fed all of these messages that and only do cardio, right? Well, it's, it's like the focus, right? Like all of the focus is on less. And I really like to challenge that mindset because it doesn't help you when you get, it doesn't help you at all ever <laughs> to do, Not to ever. be less. It's actually just never going to help you to be less. But like when the whole focus is the number on a scale to weigh less, to, to intake the least amount of calories, to not lift too heavy. It's all when you have all of the focus and don't try and tell me guys that like, you're just using it as like some other type of metric, because like when you give focus to something, you give it value. And the fact is, is that that focus could be shifted on something that it will actually provide you value. So instead of looking at how much, how, you know, what I can limit for my caloric intake, why don't we look at how much protein you could take in on a daily basis. Why don't we shift the focus to more of a growth mindset, to more of an abundance mindset when we can think about like, what type of nutrients could I take in today that is going to support a strong, healthy body for the future? Like, where can my focus go? What else could there be? And if, if you're gonna just continue to eat sad salads and do juice cleanses, it is no wonder that with this amazing lack of protein in your diet and the incredible lack of muscle that you are carrying on your body, that when that drop comes and it's coming, the estrogen is going to drop for everyone, <laughs> no matter what you do, right? But if that's the base that you have going into it, you are so screwed. I mean, it's, it's just, it's not going to work that. And the other reason that I want to point out about the other thing about the scale in particular, because I'm really glad you brought that up because like we do have a ton of people still saying, yeah, well, you know, I know it doesn't mean everything, but I'm still weighing weekly. And I know there are other metrics, but I still need this one. Here's the thing we were told, and this is in there, whether or not you think it's in there, that any increase in the scale is bad. That is a, a thing we've been told across the board if you're on a health and fitness journey. If you step on the scale and it's more than the last time you stepped on the scale, you're working in the wrong direction. However, that is ignoring the fact that muscles have weight. They actually weigh something. So, and as does bones, bone density. Hello. Okay. Those are the things going into perimetopause that you need to have locked up. So if you are in a journey of trying to build muscle and therefore bone density, and you're stepping on the scale and it's increasing and you're calling off your efforts because you've been, you know, that somewhere ingrained in there, that's, that's bad. That's detrimental, right? Now you're entering the stage where you needed those muscles and that bone density so badly and it's missing because you gave it up to a, a metric that was only telling you, Hey, you may be, uh, increasing your muscle mass here. It's so infuriating. It's so frustrating. And it's so contrary to our goals and what we want to do. You want to look tone. You want to have that aesthetic look, have, you got to have muscle <laughs> and it weighs something. 
<laughs> I mean, and it's it's so much more important for your health than any aesthetic could ever be. But I, I, I understand. I understand some, you know, I'm not going to downplay the fact that people have aesthetic goals. And I will absolutely address that because the idea when when someone comes into the gym for the first time and they say, you know, I would like to lift weights, but I don't want to get too bulky. I really have to put a pause on that right away because I have to say, you know how hard it is? to get bulky, <laughs> man, it's hard, but we don't want to put that in the goals that we don't, that we're not looking to achieve. Like I'm not looking to have enough uh, support around my bones so that I don't get hurt. Like reframe it to that statement. You know what I mean? Because like sounds different. It sounds a lot different. different. It hits different when, especially when you start to think about aging and you start to think about what are some of the causes that lead to people having the inability to live independently. They're mostly falls. So what happens is like, you know, people are living in their lives and they, they fall down and they end up like breaking bones because they don't have a lot of supportive muscle around their bones and they become quite fragile we're working in the opposite of that, right? We don't want to become fragile. We want to be strong. And the thing that starts that, the place that that starts is right now today as early as possible, because that's when you build your foundation of strength and not becoming fragile. And all of this, it works hand in hand with the mindset that you're developing every single day to live your best, most fulfilled, independent life. It's all, it's all along the same staircase. It really is. And when you think of it as one long staircase, it just all comes into perspective. And our friend from Technic Nutrition did like a, a video, a reel on this. And, you know, she's, she was speaking to people that maybe think it, well, what am I supposed to do now? It's too late. I'm not in my muscle building era anymore. I've already had my drop in estrogen. What am I supposed to do now? And she said something about the Chinese proverb about the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And the second best time is right now. So I, I want to tell you guys that it, it's definitely never, never too late. It is never too late to start working on strengthening your muscles to better support your skeletal system. I mean, there's, there's no cutoff for that. Right. But I do want to break it down to some really good things that we can do in all stages, starting from like, okay, I'm, I'm speaking to you women in your twenties right now, you are in your muscle building phase, build all the muscle you can all of it. You have the max opportunity at this stage in your life and this hormone balance in your life to build muscle. Use it. Do not spend 900 years on the treadmill and starve yourself with sad salads. Please use this as an opportunity to introduce yourself to strength training and take it very, very seriously because this is when you're going to build your muscle. Women in your 30s, keep it consistent. Do not fall off strength training in any big way for any big gaps. This is probably when people are going to be having families and be in a very busy stage of their life where they might have young children. However, if you're going to get a workout in, have it be with weights. Keep those strength goals alive 
stop getting on the scale and please, for the love of God, eat an appropriate amount of calories to sustain the lean muscle mass that you built in your 20s. If you can't get to the gym as much in your 30s because you have these new commitments, just don't starve yourself and lose all of that muscle that you built when you had more time for the gym. Continue to eat an appropriate amount of calories and get back to it when you can. You want to take the women in, in their 40s? I would love to take the women in their 40s. Women in your 40s recognize that changes may be happening. And this is one of those where like women in your 40s are getting gaslit. So if you're noticing any of these changes, do not respond with things like a drastic drop in your caloric intake and endless hours on the treadmill, things that you may have done in the past. You're not doing any cleanses. No, <laughs> we're not doing any, we're not doing any cleanses for weight loss. You are absolutely not stepping on the scale. And I really, really want you to increase your protein intake. Look at what your protein intake is and stop demonizing specific food groups in a way that we are limiting in thinking about how we can lower our body fat by limiting things like carbs, by limiting things like protein. Look at what you can take in from a nutri nutritional standpoint of like, how much protein can I get in on a daily basis? Maybe how many veggies can I get in on a daily basis? And look at what you can increase during those times to A, support the hormone changes that you're going through and to support the muscle that you have been able to maintain or that you are building at that time. But you're not gaslighting yourself, women in your 40s. You're noticing those changes. You may be noticing that you are having some increase in body fat in certain areas and we are lifting. We're not endlessly on the treadmill. We are lifting. Along those lines for women in their, in their 40s, we talked about that kind of gathering of the fat in the belly area. And again, you're not being gaslit. That is happening. However, please do not respond to it in the way of just like an endless spot training of your stomach. Like I'm going to do 900 crunches because I never had a, a ton of belly fat before. Now I do. So it must mean that I need more core work. That isn't it. It's gathering in your belly because that is what the drop in estrogen is telling it to do. However, combating any body fat is always going to be done best by building muscle and sitting there isolating your abs is not the biggest bang for your buck when it comes to building and maintaining muscle. Compound movements are. So not, not 900 crunches, not 900 crunches. Can we pause on that for a second? Because I don't think we've said enough in a while about the fact that you don't spot train fat away from certain areas. That's not a thing. That's not what you're doing. So you're, if you're going after a certain area, you're not eliminating fat in that area. It's not how it works. And number two, you, the more you sweat is not fat crying or leaving your body or whatever it is that you think that it's doing that. I just felt like we haven't said that in a while. And I've seen a kind of like an uptick in people looking to just like get their sweat on to decrease their body fat. And that's not what's happening. <laughs> the more it's, you sweat, it's a good reminder. <laughs> It's a good reminder. Like that's a, the more you sweat is not leading to a decrease in body fat. That's, that's not what's happening there. So like if you're getting your sweat on, that's great. Make sure you're drinking a lot of water afterwards. Cause we want to replenish that. Yeah. That's, that's just your hydration. Women in your fifties and sixties and beyond you guys, 
don't feel hopeless on this. Don't feel hopeless. If you've never done any lifting or strength training all the way up until now, and you're 55 years old and you're like, well, shit, it's not too late. And you, and, and it is not futile to start today. It's not like you have no ability to put on any muscle or maintain any muscle. That is not the case. It's just going to take longer and it's going to be slower. However, at this point, maintaining the muscle that you have is really going to be your goal. So like strength training is, is maybe you can't build a ton of new muscle or it's more difficult to build a ton of new muscle, but you still have maintenance that can be done and eating to support that. Again, we're not going to just go off the deep end on calories because you have to eat to support lean muscle protein being the main thing there. Obviously we want to see a a huge uptake in protein when you start to get in your 40s and then and then beyond it needs to be always present because um, that protein synthesis without estrogen is significantly harder so you got to give it more and then the other thing that I wanted to say about women in their 50s and, and beyond is that you may need to start supplementing at this point especially in the area of vitamin D because we see a huge decrease in vitamin D once women hit menopause like once they kind of stopped their change we see like a, a big dip and if you um, have looked at vitamin D and how it is linked to muscles, basically in multiple studies, a deficiency in that vitamin plays a significant role in how well you can maintain or not maintain muscle. If you're deficient, you're going to lose muscle at a faster rate. And this is also significant in your calcium levels because vitamin D regulates your calcium levels in your body. So like your bone health and your bone density, which a lot of women get turned on to like about 60. Oh my God, I got to watch out for osteoporosis. You definitely are going to fend off those things by continuing to weight train or starting. If that's where you're at, you are going to fend off those things by making sure that you're eating a protein-rich diet and also making sure that your vitamin D levels are appropriate. And if you don't live in a place where, because obviously sunshine is the best intake for that, but if you don't live in a place that supports that, you might need to supplement it. I want to talk to these ladies for a minute. <laughs> I want to talk to you real talk serious. I'm going to talk to you real serious about this because I want you to think about if you go to a meal and you are just having something like a salad or some type of greens and I love greens. I like I uh, salads are delicious. If you are not, I want you to reframe what healthy meals look like. If protein is not included, if you are in that range and protein is not included in your meals, it is, you're not hitting your health markers. I mean, I just got to hit you straight up with it because you have to have the protein in your meals at this stage to be having something that is sustainable for your body. That's number one. And some of the big heavy hitters when it comes to maintaining muscle for this age group, glutes are your number one best friend. Why? Because it's an extremely large muscle group. It's very easy. Well, not very easy. It's easier to maintain a larger muscle mass there. So when we start to think about like, what are some of my heavy hitters that I could go to right away to get some muscle mass? Glutes are your best friend. 
it's a large muscle group. We can work it often, um, and that is is going to help you maintain a large, or that is going to be the biggest bang for your buck is honestly your glutes. Now, when it comes to thinking about this age group and what are some of the other things that you need to be doing in the gym, banded face pulls are a top of your list. Honestly, ladies, please just warm up with them every day because what we see from women and aging people during this phase is really that rolling of the shoulders. Your back starts to get a little bit rounded and we need to be able to counteract that by setting your shoulders back and pulling towards your face, towards your chest and starting to strengthen you know, your scat, your scat muscles, your lats, we really need to start like thinking about how to maintain an upright posture at this stage in your life. Those are some big bang for your bucks. But also I want to talk about like rows, upright rows, using some of these things as just staples in the gym during this phase. You're I don't like to ever say you're wasting your time, but you're wasting your time on the treadmill <laughs> during these times. You know how to walk. You, you know how to walk. You're wasting your time on the treadmill when really these things are going to be so imperative to you, your health at this stage, to staying in an upright position at this stage, to being able to live an independent life. And you have to go for your bang for your buck, right? Like that's the times where you really need to focus on what, what am I going to get out of this session. And the last thing that I'm going to say, just I'm real serious with you ladies right now is some of those stretches so, and mobility. So cranky. I'm so cranky. No, but I'm just so passionate about this because I just want people to continue living their best life for as long as possible. And these are some things that are, I want to just air bunny easy, but there were so many things that we were turned away from that are so easy to implement that we can really start to just use that time much more wisely than walking on the treadmills and things like that. That's not going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. And when it comes to mobility and flexibility during that time, Sometimes you don't in this stage, you don't have the energy to hit a hard workout or even you don't have the energy or the ability during sometimes to lift heavy and really work on some of those things. But working on getting more mobile is a really important part of your health and fitness and should be regularly worked in as important as it is to maintaining your health. Like, you know, working on your overhead mobility, working on your overhead or your hip mobility. These are really important things that maintaining over over these stages are going to be very important for you living a healthy life. I love your tips. Posterior chain work all day, mobility work. These are, yeah, get off the freaking treadmill. That is, not, it, listen, it's just not building muscle. It's not maintaining muscle. It, it's, I love that. And I, and I also, feel so much for this age group because of the messages they were sold. These young girls today are certainly getting so there, there's still horrendous messaging out there, but there is a counterculture now that you can sort of find that says like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, we're not, we're not doing the bulky talk, but women before us didn't have it. They just didn't have that counterculture to even like think about these kinds of things. And now they're going through it and they're really, really 
ill-prepared in many cases because of that poor messaging. And I just want to say that I just, I feel for you guys so much, but I also know that you are not the kind of people that are going to sit on the sidelines feeling sorry for yourself. You are going to get out there and you are going to address this head on. You just need the right information to do it. So that's what I hope today's podcast has provided is some really usable tips for all ages to be able to deal with hormonal shifts in a way that we can still maintain our health markers and feel good about the direction that our body is going in. Awesome. All right. We love you guys. Have an amazing week. Eat your protein, lift your weights, drink your water. Let's go. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out constantlyvariedgear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.